This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He's a writer, an actor, many other good nouns. It's Bob Mitch. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming and doing this. Uh, So we met relatively recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been Facebook friends because we met briefly many years ago at the Gallifrey One convention. Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, But then this year, you kindly uh, invited me to do some acting in the Idiot's Lantern show that you do at the Gallifrey One Doctor Who convention. Very true. And you did a splendid job. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, All of these words are exciting to me. Uh, Individually, Idiot's Lantern, Doctor Who, Gallifrey One, all exciting. (laughs) Uh, But for people who are like, what are you talking about? Can you tell people a little bit about Idiot's Lantern and what you do with it? Uh, well, The Idiot's Lantern, uh, not related to the episode of Doctor Who, is a uh, comedy <laughs> sketch show which uh, revolves mainly around Doctor Who, but also other uh, pop culture geeky things. Uh, we've done shows not just at Gallifrey One, but also at other conventions like LA Comic Con and Big Wow and so on. Uh, we just have a really good time doing uh, doing nerd comedy, basically. Yeah, and it's yeah. a really fun show. It, you started with The Masquerade, so for the kinds of comedy that i have seen at conventions it is far nicer costumes <laughs> so if you want to laugh and also go that's very accurate seventh doctor umbrella true very true <laughs> my uh, my background in cosplay has come in very handy with the uh, costumes for the show so uh, it's a dovetail hand in glove yeah, yeah yeah in costuming is kind of how you make your your money uh it is one of the ways i make my money yes <laughs> i uh, i do uh, costume commissions uh, i have a few things on an etsy shop i can talk about later and uh, i also do private commissions when people are like hey uh I need help putting together a John Pertwee jacket. I'll say, okay, well, let's talk. So, yeah, things like that. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the opportunity to visit your home when we were rehearsing Fridious mm-hmm. Lantern. And I was just very happy to just see, like, oh, there's just a giant Davros chair just kind of chilling true. in the living room. Yeah. I, I can't claim total credit for that one. Uh, my buddy uh, Malachi Keller of uh, Fantasy Factory, you can find him on Facebook. He's a very talented guy. Uh, we made that together uh, back in 2015, and it, uh, yeah, it lights up, it moves, it's uh, it's a grand grand piece, it's very functional, functional furniture. <laughs> functional yeah. furniture. Do yes. you ever, at home, just sit in your Davros chair and watch television? You know, you have to do it at least a couple times a year just to <laughs> just kind of feel like the man. <laughs> when, you, when you've done that, uh, do you try to be canonical and watch Doctor Who, or do you sit in oh, the wow. Davros chair and watch Star Trek? Uh, you know, that's funny. I yeah, yeah, I've never watched Doctor Who in the Davros chair, <laughs> which is so ironic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's a good. Oh, I watched Die Hard in it the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's Davros when you're just uh, like Davros watching Die Hard? Ah, yes. <laughs> this is how you kill John McClane. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I, I. You know, you can't really have anything on Hans Gruber. He's yeah. kind of like the ultimate movie villain. So no, I have a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> oh, that's great fun. Uh, we we have many obsessions in common, uh, like James Bond, yes. uh, Doctor Who, all sorts of things. So uh, when I asked you to do the podcast, you gave me a great list. I was drooling over the possibilities. Always, yes. Uh, I could talk about any of those all day. <laughs> and we're going to keep that to ourselves for now. <laughs> uh, but I was excited that you offered me something that is both really interesting to me and also timely, mm-hmm. and that is the superhero Shazam, ah, yes. formerly known as Captain Marvel. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this because obviously the movie's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think uh, certainly there are nerds out there who know Shazam uh, well, but uh, maybe not as much uh, uh, as some other superheroes. So this will be a good education uh, for, for listeners who want to get caught up on uh, Shazam. I, as, as I would hope, because yeah, I think he's one of the best heroes out there, and I feel he does not get the attention he deserves. Okay, is that where mm-hmm. you're, you come from as a fan of like, 
why don't people love Shazam? Um, or why don't people even know about him? <laughs> but I kind of understand that because everyone gets exposed to superheroes these days, not so much from comic books, it's from the movies. Yeah. Uh, or TV shows. And uh, poor Shazam... Uh, I mean, he was he was the height of the golden age superheroes, and now today, I mean, he's around. I mean, he's you know people know about him, but he uh, he doesn't have his own show, uh, and only uh, up until literally now, uh, <laughs> he hasn't had his own movie. Well, unless you count the old serial and the '70s show, but hey, it's been you know generations. It's been since generations, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the name change? Oh uh, God, because when I uh, encountered him. Uh, he was Captain Marvel. Yes. And as a kid, I was like, oh, cool. There's a DC Captain Marvel and there's a Marvel Captain Marvel. And they're different. And like they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, both have speedsters, both have archers, whatever. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and then it was only relatively recently that they finally just changed the name to Shazam from Captain yes. Marvel. Yes, So indeed. how are you feeling about it? Are you happy that they changed Shazam? Are you, in your mind, are you still thinking Captain Marvel? Uh, well, you have to keep in mind, I mean, I've known him as Captain Marvel since I was a kid, and for me, that would be 1981, uh, when I was first exposed to him in the, uh, uh the old animated show, uh, Shazam, with the, uh, Kids Superpower Hour on NBC. Oh, wow. Uh, so, I, I have always known and thought of him as Captain Marvel. I still think of him as Captain Marvel. Okay. So, when I see Marvel's Captain Marvel, there is still a little part of me going, like, <laughs> oh, Captain Marvel, oh, right, the other one. Um, and I didn't read much of the Marvel Cap. I was aware of the Marvel Captain Marvel, but I didn't read that as much as Shazam. Shazam was my guy. Um, so nowadays it's weird. I almost have to do a little mental trick to go. I have to call him Shazam. I have to call him Shazam. <laughs> I have to call him Shazam. Yeah. Um, I'm not wild about it uh, for two big reasons. Um, it feels like. I mean, I understand why they did it because of. The, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into the the whole uh, history. Yeah, we can get into it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for those who came in late, uh, he was called Captain Marvel in the '40s when he was published by Fawcett. And then DC said, hey, you're ripping off Superman, which I disagree, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, they won the lawsuit in 53. That made them shut down uh, publication of Captain Marvel. And then DC, ironically, buys or uh, leases the rights in 72, uh, starts to publish him again. But by this point, Marvel had their own Captain Marvel from the 60s. And they can't call him Captain Marvel on the comic or the merch, but they can in the book. Yeah. Gets real confusing. <laughs> so if you're a casual fan and you just see a comic or you just see the show that was also on the air at the time, uh, again, in the show he's called Captain Marvel, but the show itself is called Shazam. To the public at large, they just think, oh, his name is Shazam. And it just causes this huge name confusion. So I understand why DC finally decided, all right, enough of this. We're just going to call him Shazam. And that was with the New 52 in 2011. Um, and... I salute why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't like it because to me, Captain Marvel is a much better name. And it got, it creates a problem because obviously he can't call himself his own name without changing back. And yeah. Billy Batson. <laughs> That's its ultimate problem. Uh, so I wish they had thought of another solution, but there you go. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I understand because I totally grew up with that. And I, I kind of just can't believe that I saw a trailer for what is to my mind the dc captain marvel while seeing the marvel captain marvel movie i know is just mind-blowing oh man oh i've been having like mind trips going to the theater and seeing uh, the posters up the last like month yeah and, and you know some theaters are in on it because they put the posters right next to each other <laughs> i was walking out of uh, captain marvel and i remember uh seeing there's the giant standee for captain marvel and then right behind it is the giant standee for shazam and i'm just like 
Wow, this is this is like a Twilight Zone level of nerdom yeah. right here going on. Yeah, golden Twilight Zone level yeah. of nerddom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so for the purposes of the podcast, uh, I'm, I'm good and call him Shazam because that's really how he's going to be known now. It's fine. In larger culture because yep. that's they're going to invest in it in the movie. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked a little bit about history, but I realized I should pump the brakes. Uh, for people who have never heard of Shazam, mm-hmm. can you give the basic description of what the character is? Uh, he is a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> super basic. He's very super. Uh, he's a magic-based superhero, basically. Uh, we have a young orphan named Billy Batson who has uh, been endowed with the powers of the um, kind of like a Greek god slash elders. Uh, the name Shazam, it uh, it stands for various different gods' names. I'll, I can get into that in a minute if you want. <laughs> but basically, he says the magic word Shazam, and he instantly turns into, uh, well, Shazam. <laughs> See? <laughs> it is like shouting, me! Yes, me! Pow! <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, an ancient wizard gave him the power uh, in a um, uh, from the Rock of Eternity, which in DC lore, once he was bought by DC, is like the center of all the multiverse. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's got this like ancient magic, you know, <laughs> stuff going on it, it's a, it sounds also like a jack black movie but that's fine. yeah there you go yeah. yeah that too yeah so um so yeah no it's uh it's it's a really cool character because it's an ultimate wish fulfillment of being a kid and saying a word and you're an instant adult superhero uh and then in the meantime he also has his uh, foster family uh mary and freddie and uh they become part of the marvel family captain marvel jr and mary marvel uh, and he just fights bad guys and you know helps save the world yeah yeah and he is magic based unlike superman yes, but true. is superman like in his other abilities uh very similar he doesn't have some of the crazier abilities like uh, microscopic vision or yeah. heat vision or um super breath uh <laughs> he doesn't have that but he does have How flight does he get by i know uh but he has flight <clears throat> and he has uh, essentially invulnerability and super strength and super speed he also has the wisdom of solomon which they don't always dive into that hard in the comics but uh, yeah because they play with especially in more modern versions that he still has these childlike perspectives and that looks like what the movie's going to go with, which becomes very interesting of can you have a childlike perspective but still mm. have also this very old ethereal wisdom? Uh, that is um, that is a tricky thing with, with uh, Shazam because back in the day, in the Golden Age and even in the Bronze Age, when DC first brought him back, uh, they would treat Captain... Sorry. They would treat Shazam. <laughs> gotta, gotta remember. They would treat Shazam uh, as a separate personality from Billy Batson. Uh, or at least as a certainly uh, adultified personality yeah. of Billy Batson. I guess uh, I was reading a really in-depth interview with a lot of the creators. It's on uh, Newsarama. Uh, I highly suggest people check it out. I'm sure it's searchable. It's like a 13-part multi-interview with all the creators from the Golden Age all the wow. way up to today. It's really, really... It was done for the 70th anniversary. Um, and anyway, they were talking about how their approach was almost that he was like a genie from a bottle. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But then starting when DC properly brought him into their universe, because in the Bronze Age, he was still in Earth-S, which was part of that whole multiverse, crisis of infinite Earth uh, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, so that was just straight up, we're, st- we're still doing like goofy faucet stories, but he's over here in his own little pocket dimension, and he doesn't really heavily interact <laughs> with the other heroes, unless once in a while we have a little, uh, they fly by the Rock of Eternity and, you know, Superman visits so they can have a punch out, because that happens <laughs> a lot. Uh, but by the time in 87, when it came together in uh, the New Beginning miniseries, which was the first Shazam comic I ever bought as a kid, because, I mean, finding the back issues was kind of tricky back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, I uh, that's when they introduced this concept you just described of keeping Billy Batson's persona with Shazam as an adult. So it plays like those body swap movies are big. 
And that was pretty... I liked that at the time, and I still do like it. It, it does give him a, a different hook yeah. than a lot of other heroes. Uh, and that's pretty much the way they played him almost ever since, with two tiny exceptions, if you want me to get into that. But <laughs> for all the other reboots, for all the other times they've rebooted the character, and there have been like five, by the way, um, they have kept this this one constant thread of he's still a kid inside. Now, that's cool, but it does start exactly belying the whole Wisdom of Solomon thing. And I know the writer who did this in 87 was like, yeah, we know he's got the Wisdom of Solomon. We have a way we're going to work it in. <laughs> and they never got to it because they rebooted him again before that writer could continue. So uh, I have to wonder what their uh, their secret plan for that was. Yeah. yeah. I really like the way they handled him on the Justice League animated uh, great episode the justice league yeah. unlimited at that point i think yeah, it was yeah. mm-hmm. um but i'll be interested to see exactly how they handle it in the film to me i like that idea that you could have wisdom that you're like you know all these things mm-hmm. you know like actual facts about history and about the world and you know aphorisms that have proven to be true mm-hmm. over the history of humankind mm-hmm. but you're still a kid so you can only wield this knowledge Mm-hmm. so effectively because you still don't have the life experiences that's really interesting that is interesting yeah the idea that you have wisdom but you don't have the experience to back it up so do you do you trust that wisdom coming to you yeah uh there's a great story that was in an action comics where uh god i and i only read this one recently the problem with captain marvel <laughs> the problem with shazam i'm mentally slapping myself the problem with shazam is that uh he's only had his own book like periodically uh, so to read, like, if you want to know everything that's been going on with the character, aside from reading Wikipedia, which even I have to do sometimes, because he literally only shows up in, like, guest shots in, like, Superman or Batman or some big crossover, New 52 or, or yeah. Final Crisis or something like that. And so it's hard to keep track of him. And I think that's been half the problem. You know, it's almost like DC doesn't have enough faith just to keep him with his own book a lot. Right now he has his own book again, thanks to the movie. Thank you. But, <laughs> uh, but anyways, there's this great story in Action Comics back in 2000 where... Um, there's like this frog god that's like discombobulating and taking over the city and Superman comes in and Shazam takes over Superman's body because Shazam has been kind of forced out of the dimension or something. And so you have Superman and Shazam kind of sharing minds in a way for a second. And even Superman's like, wow, I never knew you had this much power. And then he, and then he's like, yep, well, I've got a plan. And he's like, oh, your plan came from Solomon. He's like, yep, trust in Solomon. <laughs> and they, they go take out, and they actually use smarts <clears throat> to take out this frog god and then, like, reunite later. And it was it was a great little story, I think, yeah. showing, like, more respect between these two characters. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because a lot of the kind of mashup stories, it seems like, you know, Superman doesn't have a lot of patience for yeah. for Captain or Shazam. Captain Shazam. For Shazam. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I know we're both doing it. Yeah, uh, back in the day, it seemed to be more like, let's just find a way for them to punch each other out because it's like, you know, I, I think it's partly that whole rivalry they had in the 40s yeah. when they were part of different publishers. And then just this idea of, well, they're so similar and kids always <laughs> want to see who'd win. Well, we'll show you. Uh, so there have been some fun bits in the 70s. There was a big uh, giant, um, uh, like, uh, I forget what they call them, those, those huge oversized yeah. comics they used to do back in the day. Uh, they've reprinted it, and it's nice and affordable now. If anyone wants to look, just look for Superman versus Shazam. You'll find it. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a really cool, giant, super 70s story about how they get taken over by, you know, some ray that uh, this, this like, guy from Mars is, like, pitting them against each other. <laughs> the punching ray. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mary Marvel and Supergirl get involved. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you briefly mentioned your first encounter, but I want to go back to that, okay. to, to Young Bob. What, okay. You said you saw him on... A television show first. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what was that show? Uh, that was the animated filmation show uh, that was called uh, just simply Shazam as part of the Kids Superpower Hour. I believe Hero High was the other one okay. that was paired with it. Uh, so that was 81. I would have been about five. 
Um, and my other exposure, I mean, I love the cartoon, but my other exposure would have been seeing uh, in the death throes of Mego, uh, the dolls were still being sold at this right. point. So I remember seeing the Shazam doll on the stand and I just loved the costume. I just love those colors. And even though, of course, nowadays I'm like, oh, they use a yellow cape. How dare they? Um, back then, of course, I didn't care. I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, and then from there, eventually I found my way to some of the back issues in that New Beginning miniseries that properly brought me into the mythos of, of Captain Marvel. Like, ha, of Shazam. See, this is so hard. Um, I'm good almost, practice. Yes, it's good practice. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, but, uh, and then from there, uh, reading more of the comics, eventually I rediscovered the 70s live action show. Before the 70s show, because I had to find that on bootleg yeah. VHS in the 90s, um, I, of course, uh, they had put on VHS the old 1941 serial. Which is great. I haven't watched it in years, but I have watched it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely one of the best serials. And what's great what's great about that serial is that Captain... I can call him Captain Marvel there because he was still <laughs> Captain Marvel back then. Uh, that Captain Marvel, uh, man, he was playing for keeps. Like, he's machine gunning people. He's throwing <laughs> an engine block at some guy's head. Uh, and the yeah. flight effects are really good for the time with yeah. this dummy effect. It's really great. Did I, did I tell you that... I um I own the one of the capes that Tom Tyler wore in that serial. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a hard acquisition? Uh it's an interesting story. So uh back in two thousand nine I used to go to the um uh the Western costume sales they used to do. Yeah. Uh I don't think they do them anymore. But uh, anyway, so I was there just look actually I was there looking for a Doctor Who coat, thinking maybe I'll find a second <laughs> Doctor Coat. Uh and I'm looking through this one little rack of like capes. And I see this cape, and it's got all these florets on it. And I go, oh, that would kind of make a cool Shazam cape. And I keep looking. I stop. let me look at that again. And I look at it again. I go, that would really make a good Shazam cape. <laughs> and then I'm looking at it some more, and I'm just like, wow, okay. And then I'm like, it even has a collar. It's got the trim. It doesn't have a rope cord. Oh, wait, it's got a rope cord. It's dangling right there. And then I stopped, and I went, hang on a second. There's four of these. And the bottom even does this loop that's like upward, like angled. There's only one Shazam cape that ever did that, and that was the Tom Tyler cape from the series. I was like, it can't be. It can't be. And then I take it off the rack, and I look at the tag. It says Tom Tyler. Wow. And I was shaking. I was like, <gasps> and I showed it to some friends, and they were just like, <gasps> and like, you know, and it, was, and it was tagged, and I thought, there's no way they're going to sell this thing. There's no yeah. way. So I, I walk up there with, I, I picked out some other things. It was like trying to buy condoms at the drugstore. <laughs> and I remember like going up and saying, hey, so how's your day going? And it, whoa, isn't this a good turnout? And don't look at the stuff I'm buying. And uh, so they rang me up. And uh, and then as I'm walking out, they oh wait, sir, and I'm like oh that's it, I'm being stopped. I yeah. was like the test for the for the employees or something. <laughs> they said oh you forgot your receipt. I'm like okay, and I walk out and I put it in my car and I'm like I own the Captain Marvel cape. I paid fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Wow. Do you think that there is? like demand for it i mean it's kind of it's a part of history it's a part of history it's the very first live action superhero ever uh put to film was yeah captain marvel yeah yeah so it seems like you should be able to oh yeah, 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 yeah fifty dollars yeah. for it oh yeah yeah i i i saw one at uh, profiles go for i want to say 15 grand okay and that was like almost a decade ago i mean wow. nowadays it might be up because of the movie um, but yeah, no, I've seen a full costume that they sold, uh, I want to say a year or two ago. There, there were, uh, to my knowledge, there were four made. Okay. Uh, uh, and there were two stunts. So there should be six total from what I understand. Okay. Uh, so I had one of the Tyler capes and then, um, going off of that, sorry to go deep down, <laughs> down the costume thing cause I'm a costume guy. But at the time I got that cape, 
I'd always wanted to do the Tom Tyler version of that costume. Like I've always loved his costume, but I really love the Tom Tyler because yeah. it's like that that first appearance. It's got the tunic flap, it's got the big sash, um, and it's got the smaller kind of bolt because usually yeah. they draw with a big fat bolt on his on his chest. And I've always really liked the kind of the leanness of the first appearance costume from yeah. 1940. Um, and so I, um, I had the cape. So instantly, guess what? <laughs> I know the material. I now have a pattern. I know how to do the florets. So I, I now know that the, the cape is made out of a, a, a like a very fine file rayon. And I went and I just did it in color. I basically just copied the cape but in color. And then a buddy of mine, uh, Kelly Del Cambre, uh, he went and he's friends with Bob Burns. Uh, I don't know if you know Bob Burns, big collector, uh, has tons of stuff. He did a book called It Came From Bob's Basement, if you're okay. curious. <laughs> and he owns uh, also an original Captain Marvel tunic and cape, but it's the stunt one. And he went to his place for me, and he patterned uh, the tunic uh, bolts and cuffs um, for me. So basically, using all of that and uh, you know my knowledge of costuming, I put together like like a dead on color replica of the Tom Tyler suit. And then from there, my ex girlfriend did a Mary Marvel. Oh, then we did wow. a Junior. Uh, recently, I did a King Marvel from Kingdom Come, which is like the Elvis Captain Marvel Junior. Uh, almost nobody knows what it is, but everyone still has fun thinking I'm uh, super Elvis. Uh, and uh, and we did a Hoppy the Marvel Bunny. Okay, yeah, so, you covered the gamut. Yeah, I'll have to send you pictures. They're pretty fun. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, so when you were a kid, was it just the costume that spoke to you, or was there something else about him that hmm. elevated him above other superheroes? Where you were like, Shazam is where it's at. I mean, my, my trifecta of superheroes as a kid, and even I would say today, is Superman, Spider-Man, Shazam. I mean, it's the, it's the three S's. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I know Shazam meant a lot to me because, again, I, I'm a big guy in the aesthetics. I love the color of superhero costumes. So one, it was the color. And it's weird because I like the Flash, too. Yeah. And they have similar colors. But I think what I liked about Captain Marvel, I think I liked about Shazam, is uh, it was that extra angle of wish fulfillment, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And even though I love the whole Clark Kent Superman thing, but I think a greater part is I grew up also loving mythology and I love reading about Greek and Roman gods. I know they're basically the same thing. So the idea that, oh, this is a superhero with the powers of these gods, it's like fusing the two kind of together. And I found that fascinating. So I'm like, it's got this angle. He's got a great costume. He's got this cool, it's magic word. Who cares about changing your clothes in a phone booth, you know? Um, it was just really, really cool. And I, I like the fact he had a family to like help him out. Yeah. It just had all these different components that really appealed to me. Yeah. The mm-hmm. uh, the getting his powers from the gods. I yeah. hadn't really thought about like Superman is a science fiction story yes. about an, an alien. Yes. Who comes to our planet. Mm-hmm. And Shazam gets into that fantasy. Yes. Like what I think is powerful about Star Wars, that sense of it's old mm-hmm. and that your past matters mm-hmm. and that, you know, what has come before matters. And there's this sort of like, this power and the wisdom in the past. Yes. And you have to bring it forward into the present and somebody new has to take the responsibility yeah. of mm-hmm. righting wrongs. And that, it does have that sort of great grounded uh, for even how silly some of his stories can be. Well, yeah, that's the only thing is that, you know, as much as I love the Golden Age uh, Shazam story, boy, it's weird saying that, um, He he's definitely a lighter, more whimsical character than I think a lot of people are used to. He was perfect for the 40s. I mean, as I... Like I said, he was the top-selling superhero in the middle of the 1940s. He outsold Superman. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why DC was chasing hard to get, get rid of him. <laughs> uh, and he, um, uh, but then he, you know, he, he faded away. And it's really kind of sad because had he kept being published or had DC, you know, picked him up again right away, it would have been very interesting 
to see how he would have developed over the Silver Age yeah. and see how he might have changed with the times instead of this idea that he took a break, comes back 20 years later, and then DC decides to just kind of try to keep doing the same. And I think by the 70s, it was maybe not the right approach. No. And no. that might be what kind of hurt him. I mean, the show did well. There's a, I know it's fondly remembered by like my brother's generation, who's you know got about 10 years on me. Um, and the, the show is um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I love the costume. Maybe not as much as the Tom Tyler, but I like the costume. <laughs> so this is a, the 70s live action The live show. action show, sorry. Right, and so it, it's really... I don't think it's as well known, but it, to me, like I watched a few clips of it on YouTube. Yeah, in, I think I saw a little bit of it when I was a kid on reruns. Yeah, but to me, it's really of a piece with Wonder Woman in the yes. Incredible Hulk. Yes, in that very seventies oh, approach yeah. to we're gonna have some cool repetitive shots yeah. of the heroes. Yes, and then it's gonna be uncostumed minor villains running around in the hills of southern california yes. in beige suits yeah <laughs> yeah well and a lot and a lot of dealing with of course like uh, youth culture it's a lot of stuff with like you know teenagers getting in trouble and oh no gotta save little billy from the fire or something like that yeah <laughs> uh yeah and it's weird because there's no wizard he communicates directly with the elders through this weird like red light up gizmo thing <laughs> and there's no uncle dudley but a guy like him named mentor his name <laughs> is Mentor. he doesn't and he, have a real name right he's just like i'm the mentor i'm the mentor yeah and he drives around this winnebago <laughs> it's like him it's... somebody just shows up and like i'm policeman yeah do you, do you have a name are you officer someone like, yeah, yeah. No, i'm policeman <laughs> yeah. and that's my name like the doctor mm. <laughs> um yeah no it's uh it's, it's it's an odd show um it to me it owes a lot more to the old adventures of superman because that was another show where we're gonna get a lot of clark kent and a lot of gangsters yeah. doing stuff, and then you get Superman in the last five minutes. And that was kind of the formula of Shazam. Uh, so, interesting product of its time. I'm glad they even did it. And I know that it's because of that show he's still somewhat known today to a generation. Yeah. Uh, and that's great. Um, but it still kind of hurts my soul a little bit that there's... Okay, oh, here's an interesting story. So, I, you know, I cosplay Shazam. And uh, for a library day for these kids, I went with my friend Scott Sebring, who does a brilliant Adam West Batman, and his wife uh, was uh, there with us as well. I can't remember if that was the time she was dressed up, but she usually was Catwoman. And uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time was doing Batgirl. We were doing like a whole like Justice League thing. So I remember what was interesting is they had some other guys there doing like, you know, Wolverine and Aquaman and stuff. And all the little girls wanted to meet Batgirl. And all little boys wanted to meet, you know, like Superman or, you know, whatever. All the teenage girls wanted to meet Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> all the parents wanted to meet me. Oh, because they were of the generation. Of the generation that remembered Shazam. Yeah. Most of the kids had no, very few of the kids knew who I was. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And But then on the flip side, there was a comic con I was Shazam. And there was a little girl that came up to me. And I was next to another Shazam. <laughs> and he was dressed more like a modern Shazam. Not like the New 52. I don't think that it was quite out yet. But like a more, you know, a little bit more of a modern Shazam. And she looked at the two of us and she's like, that's a great costume. And she, and then she turned to me and says, but you're the real Shazam. Aww. And I was like, oh, and I felt a little bad for the guy. But, <laughs> but I was like, oh, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. That's pretty good. It is a fascinating, he is a fascinating character in the history of superheroes because it, He's got that big break, mm -hmm. uh, and then a really spotty publication history. Once <sighs> once DC owns Just, him, yeah. But then th the first serial, the first uh, live superhero, yep. A big show in the seventies, yep. So like for the things that normally have elevated yep. superheroes, yep. It, it, like he just missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, kinda. I mean, as I said, if he had been around in the Silver Age, I wonder how he would have developed. There probably would have been another cartoon or something. Uh, the eighty-one cartoon I still remember very fondly, but it only ran one year. 
and then uh, the biggest problem is that since then, media-wise, most people I know who know Shazam, it's not from the comics, because again, there are not many comics. There was a great run in the 90s by Jerry Ordway that I highly recommend. Um, but the, uh, um, what was I thinking? They did do a number of animated appearances of the character. So most people I know who know him, they either have seen him in a cartoon or they saw him in uh, the Injustice video game. Okay, yeah. It's one of those two. That's where they know him from. And at least it's something. But, like, as you say, that was a great Justice League episode. He had a couple of great appearances on Brave and the Bold. They did a one-off with him with Superman Shazam in 2010. Okay. And I, it feels like a pilot that didn't sell or something. <laughs> but it's actually really solid. And then he's had some appearances in, like, Justice League War and stuff like that. And uh, Justice League Action. So he's cropped up here and there. And it's always with that same take of, you know, oh, kid's mind and an adult body. And then the new 52 came in. And then starting with that, you get him in the, the new revamped costume. Which is really the first proper costume redesign he's had which is pretty amazing because yeah. go right through to this movie that's going to come out yeah mm-hmm. and uh that very distinctive cape with the florets is that what they're called uh it doesn't have the florets in the movie okay yeah but it's still got the the sort of the ropey the trim, the trim right it's, got, it's it, got the medallion looking things that hold the cape on no rope but it's got the it does have a collar and it is white it has the trim and they did make it short because in the new 52 it's really long okay but traditionally it's always been a shorter cape yeah i mean yeah. it's it's a kind of a weird costume to have continued so much when you think of like yeah. the drastic changes that have been made to batman and superman, superman and yeah. even like going back to spider-man and you know we had that that one month in the 80s where somebody decided everyone needs a black costume oh yeah you yeah, know the black uh, spider-man costume and it, maybe because he had he didn't get as many stories it seems like he really survived the uh, grim darkification that almost every other major superhero has gone through. Um, mostly, if you look at uh, when they, they did rope him into the proper DC universe in 87, that was, I think, DC's attempt to do it. Because if you look at, uh, he was an Earth-S, is what they called it. Uh, he does go from Fawcett to slightly more straight stories at the very end of that run when it goes it gets wrapped into World's Finest Comics for a while. And the artwork gets very more modern. It's no longer this whimsical C.C. Beck look, even though the C.C. Beck style defined Captain Marvel in the 40s. Shazam in the 40s. Uh, but then when you get to the 87 reboot and onward, but especially that 87 reboot, they age up Billy Batson to 15. He's now a little bit more of a troublemaker. Okay. They tried to, they did try to, <laughs> they didn't go as dark as like Dark Knight, but they definitely right. tried to, to, to dim him down a little bit. And the character has some leeway to do that. I think also the new 52 takes, same kind of thing. They made Billy Batson a little bit more of an edgier character. <laughs> if you can do that. Okay, he's a naughty teen. Uh, yeah, but I mean, again, they've aged him up <laughs> to 15. Dark, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about Billy Batson. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you think someone should call Child Protective Services? Is this like, uh, is this a normal thing? Uh, an okay thing for this kid? Like, the responsibility, like... From the perspective of being a reader, mm-hmm. it's especially if you find him young, uh-huh. it's a great wish fulfillment. Sure. It looks like the movie's going to be a great, like, big with superheroes yep. is mm-hmm. clearly what they're doing, and it looks like it's going to be great fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. But is it is it okay for these uh, elder gods to have been like, hey, kid, <laughs> you're going to be a superhero. You're going to be real powerful. But still, other very powerful people are going to punch and hit you, and uh- you have great responsibility, <laughs> you child. Oh, a very interesting child abuse take we're going here. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, you were talking dark earlier, huh? Um, I mean, I, has it ever has that ever occurred to you, or is it all just in that place of fantasy? Because certainly, even even superheroes like Superman and Batman, they do wrestle with the reality of it. We get to see like 
what is Batman's parenting skills with different Robins? <laughs> they question the morality of you pick up circus kids and that... train them to fight crime at a young age. Like every other superhero has been around so much that you they've wrestled with those questions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since Shazam just does pop in every once in a while to have a fun fight with Superman, that there hasn't been anything that really wrestles with that. Uh you have a good point. <laughs> uh, you're right. Mostly, I just tend to think of it from the fantasy aspect. The one thing that did occur to me is if you look at his origin, even his Golden Age origin, you, you, there is a strange shadowy figure who invites him down into a subway. <laughs> Come with me. And he just goes with him. God knows what this guy could be <laughs> wanting to do to this kid. And takes him on this weird train. And then the train takes him to this place with these weird statues with the seven deadly sins of man. Where is this going, right? Yeah, but and, I mean, it's so yeah. great from a kid's perspective. It's being invited into adventure. True. But... Uh, there was a, a great uh, retcon they did in the 90s run where it turns out that stranger is actually the spirit of his dead father. Oh, yeah. So they. Well, that's lovely. Yes. Yeah, so they made a very nice thing out of it there <laughs> in the 90s. Uh, good, good on you, Jerry Ordway. <laughs> um, so uh, I did like that twist. But. Um, you know, I, as you say, it, it gets into the the mystery and the adventure. I think of um and uh and the and the ultimate holding of power. I guess is the way I would look at it for yeah. for this child, um, Billy Batson. I do prefer him to be younger, but I understand for casting reasons why you're going to make him a teenager. Okay. Um, what do you and, get out of him being younger? Is that just sort of like from you loyalty to the way the story's been, or do you feel like you get something different when it's truly a child, not a tween on the cusp of being an adult? Uh, it's a little bit, certainly the loyalty to how the story used to be, but also, yeah, it's something about the, the purity of a, of a child of like about an eight to 10 year old boy, uh, getting the power instead of a teenager. Cause a teenager, you already kind of invite some angst, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I understand that it might be a little easier to write for, easier to cast for. And, and if you look at it, they'd already been aging him up from the 87 reboot, mostly onwards. So there's, there's a precedent for it. I, I, I have a number of friends who love Shazam. And they're wary of this movie's take because of the fact they're doing this, you know, uh, child's mind in a man's body thing. And I just have to shake my head going, guys, they've been doing it like this since 87, (laughs) you know. And even if you didn't read the comics, and I know some of them did, so I'm really flabbergasted. I'm like, uh, look at any of his animated appearances, you know, throughout any of these other things I was talking about. And that's the take they've always done. Yeah. So this should not be a shock. Yeah. That this is the take they're going to do. My only slight reservation with the movie, because I think generally the take is fine. It looks like it's pretty much a straight adaption of the New 52 story. And story-wise, I like it. I like it generally as a story, uh, except they're removing Black Adam to keep him for uh, The Rock uh, for a different you know solo movie. Uh, weird, whatever. Um, but they are, um, it, it's just the costume. I just wish the costume was more of the classic costume. Okay. Uh, because I just in, I just missed the classic colors. I missed the the flap. I I love that costume. Okay, the new costume, I'll live with it. Okay, <laughs> but I've never I've never been a hundred percent sold on the new costume, and I do prefer what they've done with it in the movie versus what it looks like actually in the new fifty two. There are some subtle differences. Okay, that's fascinating, especially yeah. like from a perspective of somebody who knows all of the costumes and yeah. can quickly articulate. For me, being like a lifelong comic book fan who's watched this uh, in the movies intelligence shows this tortured relationships with oh. you can't just put them in their costumes yeah. you have to make up reasons yeah I, the christopher nolan the first the batman begins drives me nuts because yeah. like trying to justify everything yeah and when you try to justify everything it just highlights yeah he is a man dressed up as a fucking bat that's yes. why we like him you know? <laughs> and, you know so i've been really happy to see especially for for dc which has been a little grittier yeah um to just be like, he is 
red and yellow like ketchup and mustard. Just, <laughs> he is there, loud and proud. Uh, true. Uh, I, I were, were you aware of the uh, the internet reactions to those leaks of his costume a year ago? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pretty negative, and I thought, and but it wasn't negative for like purist reasons, like me. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 it wasn't. Where are the florets? <laughs> yeah, where are those florets? You know, come on, man. Where's the flap? Where's oh, that tunic flap? Twitter gets about florets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the floret gate. Um, yeah, I, uh, I instead it was all about yes, the brightness of the red, uh, the shortness of the cape. Why is the cape white? Um, the muscle suit, he looks too muscly, why is it yeah. a muscle suit? And it's like, guys, you know that most of these guys do wear muscle suits. It's just was a little <laughs> more noticeable on Zach. Um, and it's it's funny how now that seems to be sort of swept aside, like people are now responding to just the material, the trailer. And so far, the 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 reactions, I know they lifted the embargo recently, seem to be very positive. And I'm, yeah. and I'm just thinking to myself, look, you know, yeah, deep down, while well, I'd like it to be the classic costume, um, at least it does generally, as you say, it has the basic read. They went for nice bright colors. The bolt is at least yellow, and it doesn't wrap around his side and look all funky. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. Um, and they uh, they did try to cherry pick a little from the old costume. I noticed that like he doesn't have bracelets. He does have gauntlets. Okay. Uh, so that's nice. But the ultimate thing I thought is, hey, man, we're getting a character that's still relatively true to the concept. He is pretty much in more or less the current comic costume. They didn't try to darken him down or anything like that. And um, I just think it's a big movie, and it's finally going to bring a new audience to this character yeah. that he long deserves. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, I hope it's good enough. It just brings a good audience. It at least makes its money back. Hopefully it makes them lots of money, but at least makes its money back. And and it just helps just bring, you know, that character to more more kids' minds and hearts. That's what I yeah. want. That's the ultimate goal for me for that movie is that's all it needs. I think it's going to – it looks a lot like it's going to work because I think this I think is so. a perfect time for Shazam where people are still super into superheroes. Yeah. Willing to go along for the ride but do need fresh takes. Yes. And I think this is such a – just by the truth of what he is of – a kid with the sudden responsibility of being mm-hmm. this massively powerful superhero mm-hmm. is a fresh take. So I think it's yeah. great. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about his powers. Uh, okay. I'm sure you have them memorized, but I, I wrote them down. Uh, so they form his name. That's of true. Shazam, the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, mm. and the speed of Mercury. Indeed. So some of these are nice and straightforward. Yes. Uh, and others... <laughs> Probably are, are fun opportunities for the writers to interpret. <laughs> Wisdom we talked about. Strength is clear. Uh, stamina, a little ambiguous. Power of Zeus is mostly lightning and stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speed of Mercury, he's fast. Uh, courage of Achilles. How does that get interpreted for you? How do you interpret having the courage of Achilles? Um, I always took that to mean, if you think about what it means to be a superhero, uh, you have to often get into scrapes. And if you look at Captain Marvel... If you look at Shazam, I'm never going to get used to this. <laughs> if you look at Shazam, uh, he has to get into a lot of scrapes with some pretty uh, weird or nasty bad guys. Uh, in particular, like a guy like Mr. Mind, who's like a giant Venetian worm. And um, I think even as a kid, while there might be a sense of wonder, of, oh, wow, I'm a superhero, I'm going to do this. I think you almost need a little extra bravery, bravery to be able to just go into it the way that they write the character, especially in the Golden Age, where yeah. he seemed to always do it with a smile. You know what I mean? And yeah. So I think that almost for me, it's my head cannon in a way. That's that's where the courage of Achilles comes in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, I, I keep going back to that uh, Justice League Unlimited, mm-hmm. uh, where it seemed almost like he had like th- he had these um, simple but true 
perspectives of right and wrong mm-hmm. that a kid would have that were not muddied by kind of the ugly and complex realities of the world mm-hmm. and that Superman was kind of wrestling with and being confused by. Mm-hmm. And it seemed almost like I could interpret courage of Achilles of like, well, I have these simple, straightforward beliefs and I have the courage of my conviction of like, I believe in them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to absolutely do what my heart is telling me to do. Yeah. That's an equally good interpretation. Uh, and in Stamina of Atlas, that's just like he doesn't have to eat and stuff, right? Um, he I doesn't took it... take little Shazam naps. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, yeah, he doesn't run out of uh, energy. He doesn't run out of. Well, I mean, classically, is what is it? He can, he can literally hold up the planet forever. Um, but yeah, I took it to mean that he could endure. It, it, I think it actually plugs into his relative invulnerability. Okay. Because uh, he can basically bounce bullets off his chest like Superman, even though he is the world's mightiest mortal. Uh, but he clearly is goes beyond mortal men <laughs> in terms of uh, abilities. But at the end of the day. Um, I know in the old comics, they would sometimes have him get uh, shocked or electrocuted. And if the voltage was high enough, it could hurt him and maybe even knock him back into Billy Batson. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, he'll have to have some vulnerability in the movie. So that, that would be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, if you could have only one of these powers. Oh, interesting. If a shadowy figure brought you into a train, into uh-huh. a weird underground cavern, uh-huh. and some elders said, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, the original concept was supposed to be a team of six heroes, each with each one with, of those. Okay, powers. that's very cool. And then they eventually combine them into one. Uh, I'll tell you, um, as a kid, it easily would have been uh, strength of Hercules, of course. Yeah, you want to be able to beat everybody up. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, I'll be honest, I'll just take wisdom of Solomon. Okay, yeah, I want to figure everything out. Probably, yeah, yeah. And do you feel like you would be able to wield the wisdom? Uh, what are you saying? I'm going to go super villain on you? <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess that. I mean, that, that's a scary thought. I didn't say that. Uh-huh. Um, no, but we were talking about the wisdom of, like, is it that you have... Oh, oh, uh, mm-hmm. how, how you interpret that. That's such an interest. It, having having strength is, okay, well, I still choose what to do with it. Having speed and vulnerability is still, like, I choose how to use... I can call lightning bolts. I choose. Having wisdom is such an interesting thing. Is like, is that a tool that you can use, or is it overmapping your own... Hmm. You know, because it's, it's your mind. It's who you are. Uh, true. Uh, I See, that's why today I would want it. I feel like I have enough life experience now I could probably put that to better use. Okay. Rather than, I know better than that what that wisdom's <laughs> telling me. <laughs> that wisdom's wrong. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd like to think I could put it into better practical use today and, and understand better, you know, or, or even be able to go, that does sound weird, but I'm going to trust. Yeah. <laughs> trust in the wisdom. Uh, so that's why I would I would pick it today. That and I, I would imagine it would just help me, you know, from little things to balancing the checkbook to you know, <laughs> maybe some stock investments or something. Uh, but maybe it's like, no, you can't use it for personal gain, whatever it is. It still would be good to have. Yeah. I think. If you're going to use wisdom as a superpower, if you were going to put on your mm-hmm. uh, Tom Tyler Captain Marvel cape, <laughs> like, I've got the wisdom. How are, How would you affect change? Trying to imagine bursting into a room with a superhero costume and people going, great, what are you going to do? I'm I really know. smart. Yeah, you come in with a cape on and you're just like, I can make runoff voting work and I can explain it to all of you. Um, yeah, I can do all your tax returns in 10 minutes. Uh, God, uh, boy. I, uh, I, I'm sorry, that's a really tickling image. Um, I think I would... I mean, in the grander scale, 
I think the, this is me thinking like uber crazy smart, obviously, but that's where I'm hopefully putting Solomon here. Yeah. Uh, I would hope that I would be able to have the intelligence at that point to truly be able to figure out how to solve some of the greater problems of the world. Okay. That's what I would like to do with it if it could grant me that much wisdom. As, yeah. as in, oh, I now see how to realistically implement how to, say, solve world starvation. Right. Or, or you know, how effectively to address climate change. Climate change right. and actually reduce the crime rate. Actually actually untangle all this mess with healthcare and make sure we can all have it and corporate interests are satisfied and people can have what they need without you know being charged up a, the wazoo for yeah. it. I would love to be able to solve all that with the ultimate, but I think the wisdom isn't just, oh, here's the plan of how to solve it. It's how to solve it within the confines of this world. Right. And, and really go through with it. We, we like some of those things we have some of the wisdom for, yes. right? Like, yes. we, like we know how to do some of those things. It's yes. just like, are there all these powers that be that will not let us implement them? So yes. that's a great idea to be like, I know how to walk up to party A, B and C. Yeah. And make them work together to implement this right. wisdom on climate change. Or, or even, I know how to do this, and I know it is not possible right now, but once these other two things can be maybe get in place, yeah. I can now go do that. But it'll take a year. <laughs> you know, whatever it's yeah. going to be. Like, that sort of thing. Like, I would love to have that kind of, It's almost a version of omniscience, really, but that might be too far for Solomon. But that would be the kind of thing. Yeah. In my That's head. really cool. Yeah. Um, I know that you have... Like the the attachment to the Shazam from the aesthetic and from grow, growing up with him, right? Um, do you carry him into your adult life in terms of like truly being a hero? Like again, um, superheroes that we spend a lot of time thinking about and mm. talking about, like Superman, Batman, mm. Spider Man, we've really uh, broken down their meaning. Mm-hmm. So you can go into a situation and say, "How would Batman handle this? How would Superman handle this?" Do you ever find yourself in a place where you're like? How would Shazam handle this? Uh, I don't know if those exact words have ever gone through my <laughs> mind. Um, but definitely, I think from a, a, a broad perspective, when I think of uh, particularly a hero like Shazam or Superman and how they have such power, but they are ultimately kind. And yeah. They ultimately want to use their power for good. They don't let it corrupt them. And I think in that sense, it's definitely affected me uh, ever since I was a kid, where if I find myself in a situation where I could see that I don't know. Um, I can see somebody's having a hard time and I could and I can do a move to make things easier for them or help them. Um, and we're just talking easy social interaction kind of situations. Yeah. We're not talking like, oh, my gosh, I can save them from a burning building. Um, or uh, I am aware I could trample over somebody verbally in something. But you want to know what what's that going to gain me? Yeah, um, I know it's better for me to back off. And try to make it an even playing field when I'm dealing with somebody. I don't yeah. mean like you right now, but I mean like if you're dealing with somebody like, oh, they're not as like up on what we're talking about. But let me bring them up to speed rather than be like, you don't know anything. Yeah, you're recognizing yeah. a moment where you have a, a kind of social power. Yes. Of you understand the situation or have knowledge and you could either mock someone for not That's having it. it or you could help yes. them. Yes. Yeah, I would say I can think of a lot of situations like that where I, I think a deep-seated reason of why I would handle it the way I've described is because of these heroes I've grown up with. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's a, a nice moment, and I'm going to ruin it by asking a different question. Okay, all right. All right, so it seems like Shazam is, getting real technical, more powerful than Superman. Because oh, he, he is. He is not. He is magic. Superman yes. is vulnerable to magic. Yes. Uh, Superman doesn't have the stamina of Atlas. <laughs> he, he still wants to eat a sandwich every once in a while. <laughs> uh, so 
who who do you feel in your heart would win in a fight? Well, this also gets into uh, are we talking the uh, the rebooted you know John Byrne Superman who is depowered, <laughs> uh, or even the depowering the game in the seventies, or the classic Silver Age Superman who could like literally hold like white dwarf star material in his ears <laughs> as earplugs. Um, you know, he, they really powered him up for a while. Yeah. Uh, in general terms, though, I've always thought Captain Marvel should be able to wipe the floor with Superman. As much yeah. as I love Superman, guys, I do like Superman. Um, but the reason why is because if his power is based in magic. Magic is one of Superman's weaknesses. Yeah. So in theory, the way I've always thought of it, even though I know it's fun to see the slugfest, one punch from Captain Marvel should feel like a freight train to Superman. Yeah. Meaning he should have no defense against that super strength. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I've always thought that Su- Superman should just be completely pummeled by Captain Marvel in theory. Yeah. In yeah. like it's always felt to me like any sort of lightning that Shazam can summon is you know magic yes it's like a spell it's yes. like being hit with a spell it's right. not like actually like I, it's not storm it's not i made the clouds do this yep it's coming from this other place mm-hmm. yeah so we yep. agree superman captain or shazam don't need to fight but if they did <laughs> they don't need to fight because they're buddies <laughs> but if they do, are gonna fight unfortunately in re, in my reality yeah uh yeah shazam should, it literally should be one two superman's down and all right <laughs> moving on but shazam wouldn't do that because he's too kind he's too kind he's got the wisdom of solomon man that's right yeah. except for in video games then punch 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 that's true and, um, and billy batson probably respects superman too much oh yeah yeah uh that and i love that when they have that dynamic that billy batson's like oh, wow superman, shit, it's superman. Yeah. he wouldn't say holy shit yeah but <laughs> there's a there's a great did you ever watch uh, his appearances in uh, young justice uh, no, I haven't. Uh, they do some interesting things with the character there. There's a great bit where uh, there's a, there's an evil guy who's created a spell that divides the earth into adults and children. So there's an earth with children and earth with adults. And okay. only Shazam can go between the two saying the magic oh, word that's to great. help plan that the Teen Titans and the Justice League can work together to thwart this guy. But by doing so, he gives away his secret identity. So then in a follow-up episode, the League is voting who to bring into the League and who to vote out of the League. And Shazam comes up going, well, we do have an elephant in this room because we didn't know you were a kid. Yeah. And, of course, Batman's the only one going, I knew. And they're like, yeah, okay. And they had to decide, do we keep a kid in the League when yeah. we didn't know? And I thought that those were really cool things they were oh, doing. I did character. see that. I just I, I, in yeah. my mind it was in a different uh, show. But yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's such great ways to play with those ideas. Yeah, who yeah. he is. Uh, what word would you shout to become a superhero? Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, wow, you're uh, throwing me a, a curve here. Goodness gracious! Well, you don't want to shout me. No, you don't yeah, want to I don't shout Bob. Bob. That's <laughs> silly. Come on, let's not. Let's not do that. Especially, you could say it backwards, but it's the same thing. So yeah, that's the first thing you want to think of. I'll just do it backwards. I'll be clever. Oh, darn palindromes. Uh, How about palindrome? Would you shoot? Would you shout palindrome? Palindrome. Palindrome. Oh, and the deep geek in me goes, people will think I'm making a quark reference. That, that makes no sense. I can't do that. Uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, snickerdoodle. I'd say snickerdoodle. Why not? I think that's a great choice. Yes. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. So uh, these are questions that okay. I ask everybody or variations of them on all episodes. There's no judgment. <laughs> Do you think about Shazam every day? Ooh. Uh, we're talking just currently or all the time? Uh, yeah. Well, right now. Right now, yes. Absolutely. Because the movie, movie's right? coming out and I'm, I'm trying to prep doing a video essay on him. So yes. Okay. So now he's really on your mind. But let's say uh, it's five years from now and there's no major Shazam stuff going on in the world. 
how often would he just float into your mind just out of like sort of a, a deep love? Um, there's a very good chance I'm probably going to be thinking about Shazam at least twice a week. <laughs> at least, okay, not, at least, maybe not every day. Maybe not every day, but I'll, I'll go with twice a week. That sounds right. I mean, I, yeah. You're still collecting and reading and watching any any appearances he makes, right? Yep. Uh, yep. I, I've actually been uh, brushing up more on some of the graphic novels I have not had a chance to uh, eventually pick up, but I'm slowly filling in a few gaps. Uh, there's sadly not, I mean, there is a fair amount if you really look. There's about 20 different collections of, of books out there if you really want to look. But um, that's still nothing compared to the amount of Batman and Superman books you yeah. can get. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do have a complete digital scan of the, the entire Golden Age run. So those oh, are, wow. Yeah. I mean, because trying to get all those issues, oh boy, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so definitely a presence in your in your weekly, if not daily life. I'll go with that. Would you ever get a Shazam tattoo? Sure. Okay. Are you? Do you have other tattoos? No. Oh, but Shazam seems like something that you would be willing to put on your body. I was this close to getting the uh, the greatest American hero symbol on my shoulder <laughs> once. Uh, and the great thing about that is you can either go, you can either have the nerd cred with that, or you could show it to somebody and just say, "Yeah, it's the Chinese uh, symbol for center." <laughs> and you could, and because it is, so you could easily pull both off with Shazam. You could just be like, "That's a cool lightning bolt." Yeah, nice lightning bolt, man. Yeah. Uh, what, so it, that's what you would do is the lightning bolt. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't do just like Billy Batson's face. No, I wouldn't do <laughs> Billy Batson's face. That's that's a bit. No, I wouldn't do that. Uh, would you do uh, something that like uh, traveled down your? Would you do like a sleeve that's Billy Batson, Lightning Bolt, Captain Marvel, or is it for you or Shazam? You have for you. Is it the huh. iconography of just like the simple lightning bolt? Yeah, for me, it would just be the simple lightning bolt. I suppose you could do the word next to it if you want to go crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could do what they did for the new wizard, which is literally emblazoned it on your chest, like it's a tattoo emblem on your chest. That's going a bit far. Though. Okay. That, that can get a bit weird for like, you know, my future wife or something. Um, but yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd do the shoulder lightning bolt. Okay, nice, nice. Would you drive a large van that had a picture of Billy Bassin on one side and Shazam on the other? Like the Winnebago from the 70s show? <laughs> yeah. Because they, they literally drive around in a Winnebago, right? With a lightning bolt on the front hood of the Winnebago, which is real subtle, guys. Um, would I drive around? Okay, so meaning would I just do it once or would I would I make that my daily driver? Your daily driver. And we're talking like an old school van here. Yeah, like a, a van. Or, if you know, if it can be an SUV if you want. I think what I'm more interested in is, is driving around in something that loudly screams, I am super into Shazam. Yeah, why not? Okay. If you got engaged uh, uh, a lot, like on the street, like if you just like I'm pulling up to Ralph's okay. and I step out of my car and yep. somebody's going to talk to me about Shazam, mm-hmm. would you be happy to have that level of engagement? Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I got no problem. Yeah, someone goes, "Hey, I got to talk to you about Shazam." I'd be like, <laughs> "All right, brother, go." Do your thing. <laughs> I'll stop what I'm doing and talk about Shazam. Now, with a caveat, this would be uh, Shazam and Billy Batson drawn probably from. Not the new Fifty Two. We're talking at least pre twenty eleven. Okay, probably any almost any of those basically. Okay, you like do you like the the sort of eighty seven ish? I could go with the I yeah, I, I would do classic CC Beck. I do the eighties. I do the nineties run with Ordway. I love that look because he, he brought the flat back. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, almost any of the other ones I could, yeah. I could roll with. Sure, I do like the flap. Yeah, I like the flap. Flap's too. pretty cool. It's really a matter of old Shazam is just flap or no flap. Sasha Belt. That's really it. That's, that's all you got to deal with. Everything else pretty much stayed the same. Uh, all right. So you have very much answered the next question, which is, would you ever cosplay a Shazam? Yes. <laughs> which is great. Yes. Uh, you know the difference between your sashes and your belts. You got, are got your cosplaying. That's right. Oh, but are you going to have the underoos? And the answer also is yes. <laughs> well, what did the underoos look like for him? Were they, were they costume? Were they like 
uh, the lightning bolt. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's the lightning bolt and just the red briefs with a yellow band. Yeah, because most of the superhero ones were good like that, where yeah. you felt like you were dressing up like the character. That's but then like, I loved some the of them were just like a picture of a I character. Hated those. I hated those. Yeah, <laughs> Shazam was like that. I had it as a kid, and I even had the adult ones. Oh, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Uh, would you break up with someone you were dating who just really didn't like Shazam? Ooh. Hmm. How much do they hate Shazam? <laughs> is it just, ah, oh, it's not for me? Or is it really like they've got like a fundamental ideological <laughs> disagreement with Shazam? Or especially, oh, how about this? They <laughs> love the Marvel Captain Marvel, but they despise <laughs> Shazam. That could get a little rough. Um, hmm. If it was somebody who, uh, I think, um, I think the most compelling thing to me is someone who can't articulate it, who's just like, I just don't like that character. Because when someone can articulate it, I feel like it's easier yeah. to make peace with it. Yeah, but I got If somebody who's just like, meh, I just don't like it. If it's just a meh, I could probably roll with it. But if yeah. it's like a real, like, I, for some reason, hate, I don't know who could hate Shazam. <laughs> but, I mean, I can understand if it ain't your cup of tea, but if you're just, I just hate this character. Uh, like, to the point that they couldn't stand me ever wearing the costume again or putting up a poster yeah. or something. Uh, if it's on that level, yeah, I don't see that lasting very long. I'd I'd give that a month max. Uh, <laughs> but if it's just, eh, yeah, I can live with it. I can I can I can say fine. I'll as long as uh, as long as I can have my little shrine corner still over here. <laughs> my good. Shazam shrine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is also a sign of uh, uh, well, wanting a healthy relationship. Uh, but also that Shazam is integrated into your life, mm-hmm. so it'd be hard to just put in a box. Yeah, uh, completely, yeah. I mean, look, I still have my, anybody who comes to my place, I've always got at least a Shazam poster up somewhere, and I've got, I got my Hoppy the Marvel bunny out, <laughs> that I'm sure people might occasionally be like, why is there a giant Shazam-looking bunny over there? Okay, uh, real quick, tell people about Hoppy the bunny. Hoppy the Marvel bunny? Yeah. Uh, creation of the golden age of Fawcett, back when, obviously, you had lots of anthro, uh, anthro, um, what they call it? Anthropomorphized. Anthropomorphized uh, characters, thank you. And uh, basically, uh, he was a, a. It's so silly. He's a he's a he's a bunny who's been granted the powers of, of Shazam. <laughs> and, is it, is, wasn't the deal that Shazam can kind of like just share his powers? He can. Uh, and just like they lessen a little bit for him. And he's well, like... yeah. Well, in the newer comics, he he does. That's definitely how the Marvel family comes about there. And in the '90s run, uh, it depowers him to do this. Okay. So when the whole Marvel family is operating they're great but they're all at kind of like a lower power versus when one of them is using the power okay interesting idea to limit them however most of the time doesn't matter they're just you know in any other run they're all powered up okay uh new 52 i believe they're all powered up yeah uh, but yeah same thing he can he can share his power or sometimes he talks the wizard into sharing the power but <laughs> that's a little harder instead of done that's so great yeah that that tells us who shazam is a character of like i want my family to have the power as well i want to share it and yep. also this bunny seems cool this, this bunny seems cool i'm gonna let him yeah i <laughs> I love the fact even even Hoppy has made a few appearances in the DC universe. Oh, and, that's uh, so great! Uh, and and I believe is in the New Fifty Two as well. They've actually, they, yeah, that's right. I think he's going to end up showing up in the New Fifty Two. I, I would not be at all surprised to yeah. see a, a character like that appear in Shazam. Yes, in the movie. Yes, it'll be Mary's bunny, and then we'll see if they actually take it further beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if it's. A, it seems like a mid credits uh, scene. There you go. That's it. To me, Boom. for sure. Like Baby Groot. Hobby. Baby Groot versus Hoppy. How would that go? Uh, if aliens visited Earth and you were the human who got to greet them, would you show them a Shazam comic book to help them understand where they have come? <laughs> 
instead of the, the giant gold record in the Voyager probe, which seems like a much better thing to show them. I've got a better record. It's called a book and tape record of Shazam. <laughs> oh, man. That would be hilarious. Um, hmm. Are we talking Golden Age, Bronze Age, or New 52? Your pick. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever All right. you feel the aliens would need to help understand hmm. who we are as a people, that these are this is one of the stories we tell. Um, you know what? Yeah, I would. I would do that. I would probably show them uh, a Golden Age comic to also factor in the historical perspective. Okay. And yeah. you just feel like Shazam is a virtuous enough character yeah. that it would be good to say, like, look, we consider what it means to have power. We try to use it responsibly. Yeah. And and I can, it can also easily branch off into mythology, you know, yeah. talk and how it you know reaches back. Because if you think about it, superheroes in many ways are modern mythology anyway. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. Yeah, and then you could get into cosplay with the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Now, who wants to be happy? Aliens? Who wants to be happy? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, this is a weird question. If you saw an ad for steak knives, but it was Shazam <laughs> advertising them, would you be more likely to buy the steak knives? I would be more likely to keep the ad than to buy the steak knives. Unless they were really cool, like the steak knives, like the blades were shaped like lightning bolts or something. <laughs> then maybe I'd be more like, ooh, I better have those. Uh, I've definitely seen a lot of really... There's a great book by Chip Kidd uh, that covers all of the merchandise of the Golden Age. Okay. Uh, that's out. That's really, really fantastic. Um, it's just Shazam in the Golden Age or something like that. You just can look it up. Bizarre, like, combs and uh, games and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the watches and these weird little speed cars. Yeah. Uh, a little child's cape you could get. Uh, a stuffed Captain Marvel and Hoppy. Actually, that was <laughs> the inspiration for the stuffed Hoppy I have now. Uh, they had little plastic figurines. Oh, cool. Not figures. Not action figures. They were like little mini statues, and they had wood versions. They had wood statues. I would love to have one of those wood ones. They're beautiful. Um, And I'm trying to think what else. Just lots of weird little, like, magic eyes, and and lots of kind of paper stuff, like jigsaw puzzles, and little cardboard flyers that you could fly, like paper airplanes. So lots of neat stuff um, there. Uh, But in terms of steak knives, God... Um, yeah, as, unless the steak knives themselves look pretty cool, like, wow, look, like the handle's red and yellow and it's a lightning bolt blade, <laughs> then maybe I'd say, all right, why not? But if it's just a regular steak knife and it's just, there's <laughs> Captain cares? Marvel in it, yes, I would keep the ad, but I would not buy. It's like Superman peanut butter. Cool. I love looking at that commercial. Did it make me buy Superman peanut butter? No. Right, right. Uh, but you are into merch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, is it for you like a, a, just kind of a symbol that makes this character more real? That's interesting. Um, yes, yes, I think so. Um, obviously, I like more tangible things like the costume, but uh, like if I had an option to get something from the '70s show, I would love to have that. Yeah. Uh, I actually I forgot about this. In addition to all those things, the other thing I've cosplayed is Billy Batson. Oh, really? I have a Billy Batson shirt, and I got bright blue, bright blue jeans, and bright white sneakers, and I've done it. And I've wanted to actually put it on somebody else so we could be Billy and. You know, she's oh, that's together. so awesome! And his his traditional shirt is red, right? It's with red a, with a yellow collar yellow and yellow collar. cuffs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, nice. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I forgot I have that. Um, I don't break it out much, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I like that kind of stuff. But in terms of merch, merch, yeah, I mean, some of that golden age stuff would be fantastic to have. I have some of the flyers and the puzzles and stuff. 
but they're just hard to come by yeah. for a reasonable amount. Uh, there's like a Shazam music box from the 70s I've been wanting to get my hands on. Some of the statues are neat, but, you know, it all depends on the sculpts. And also, is it, again, is it New 52? Is it classic? Yeah, so it's about um, the, the ongoing aesthetic relationship. Yeah, but I would like to have, like, there's a set of figures they did in 07 I actually never fully picked up. I know, blasphemy for a guy like me. <laughs> but it is the whole Marvel family with Savannah, Mr. Mind, and, and Hoppy and Billy. And it's like, it's everybody but Black Adam. Although they, they did a separate Black Adam as part of another series you can just put with it. Uh, and I would love to have those just as like a nice little, you know, representation of yeah. the Marvel family up there. I don't need to be buried in merch. I don't need my entire place caked with it because I have so many other interests. But it's nice to have like your your core little little you know items basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, if every time you read Shazam, mm. there was a huge lightning storm somewhere in the world, wow, would you still read Shazam? We're not talking something that's going to cause like a flood, right? <laughs> We're just <laughs> I, for the sake of argument, you don't know. You just oh, know that there's I don't know. a huge lightning storm. Would you take that risk? Now, now you're putting me under the bus for my whole trying to be <laughs> kind to people earlier. Darn it! Um, not my intention, but that, it did work out that way. <laughs> I uh, I can't say I could completely quit reading Shazam. Yeah. I like reading, especially if there's new stuff coming out. I want yeah. to know what's going on with Shazam. And maybe some places need some rain. And maybe so. I think I would. I would just try to be a little uh, sparing. About okay. When I read, I wouldn't read it like every day. I would just try. Okay, today is the day I'm. I'm just going to go hard and read a bunch. Someone's <laughs> going to get hard rainfall. Hopefully, it's some desert that needs it. Move on. All right. Fair enough. Uh, this is the final Hub So Star You question. If you're about to see this new Shazam movie, but a bear was blocking your path to the theater. Would you try to get around the bear? Am I wearing my costume? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shazam! Quickly taking off clothes. Putting on other clothes. Yeah, you can hear Shazam being shouted in a uh, bathroom stall. Um, uh, boy, legit bear. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid as much as I might, I might attempt it for a brief moment, maybe for a photo op. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid my self-preservation might beat me on that Okay. Point. Okay, and, fair uh, enough. Yes. How excited are you for this new movie? Obviously, Shazam means a lot to you, but uh, there's always the possibility that you're all you're the the early reviews are good, but maybe you're not going to be happy with the movie. So, are you super excited for it? Or are you a little trepidatious? Um, a year ago, when I was first seeing leaks, I was a little trepidatious, mostly because again that that costume was so New Fifty Two ish, and there was that little part of me going, "Oh darn, really wish it was a classic costume." Uh, but now that I've seen certainly the trailer and uh, well, actually both trailers and the and the spots, and uh, I can clearly see it's going to be adaption of the New Fifty Two uh, without Black Adam, which I have read and I generally like as a general take as a story. Um. I'm generally now very on board. I'm very excited and looking forward to it and just and just hoping, A, it's going to be good yeah. and, and audiences will take to it and it won't be another, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I think uh, it seems safe uh, yes. that it won't be similar to Suicide yes. Squad. <laughs> I think DC's uh, on a better streak right now. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And even if Suicide Squad was a great uh, film, those are two d- very, very different, different properties. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise comes to mind for Shazam? Not, you... not literally saying Shazam, which is like the most <laughs> obvious thing you would do. Shaz- Shazam! But honestly, if that is what you what you think, what you feel, what you associate with it, you know? I mean, that's the obvious. If you, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Do you want to be funny and you want me to give you a noise? Or do you want to let me just, you know, and when I think of Shazam, if you're not thinking of Gomer Pyle, you know, you're uh, thinking of the, what is it, uh, the way... Um, 
uh, Frank Coughlin would say it when he was Billy Batson in the serial, you know, uh, which would just, well, actually, you know, uh, so, okay, so there's that, which would just be Shazam! And then there would also be the, um, uh, what was I thinking, the, uh, the way that uh, uh, Michael Gray would say it in uh, the 70s show. I know it's just splitting hairs because yeah. they just sound the same as yelling Shazam. <laughs> but yeah, um, but if it was a noise, it would just be like, yeep! Just, it's just, just it's your boyish excitement yeah okay mm-hmm. that's perfect uh all right i have everyone uh, rate their obsession so oh, on a scale of one to ten ten being the highest one being the lowest mm. where would you rate yourself um i mean as much as i want to be realistic say oh i'm only like an eight i realize like well i, I have pretty much cosplayed like Put to, or I've put together cosplays of the entire Marvel family, King Marvel, which is digging deep, uh, and and put together Hoppy and a Billy, and I own the original cape from the forties. <laughs> um, I guess we're gonna have to go full board ten. Full board ten. Okay, yeah. you feel like it is one of your your largest. I've always had a deep, deep love of this character. I realize how much it goes back when I think of that cartoon, when I think of the toys I had. I think of, like, the Karen love I had of, like, the old superpowers figure of Shazam. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and I even had to track that one down and call Kenner Direct to get it because they weren't selling that in my area. Oh, wow. Because by the end, yeah, they weren't selling a lot of the superpowers in my area. And I had I, I learned this trick from my dad and call him direct be like, do you have any Shazams? Like, yeah, sure, got them right here. And I'm like, I'm sending you a check. Like, nice. Yeah, wish nice. I wish I bought five now, but uh, you, have, to... you have five now? No, I wish okay. I bought five. Oh. Yeah, don't don't tease me. I um, might still have mine. Oh my goodness, out of the package. Yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I was thinking about that. I even just recently found an old woodwork project I did when I was 13, and it's the Shazam lightning bolt and wood. Oh, that's awesome! So it's 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 been with me a lot longer than, in a weird way, I care to admit. So, yeah, yeah. I I think it's very cool because I mean there are a lot of obsessions that are just something that struck us uh, very powerfully, very profoundly when mm-hmm. we're young, and and this one in particular, there's something extra kind of a uh, powerful and uh, romantic in the larger sense of the world word about this story that's about a very innocent young boy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. getting to be a cool superhero and just mm-hmm. trying to do right and have, and you have this connection to him because you saw him yeah, as a kid like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. have now carried that through, you know, into your adult life. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, as I say, I think, I think growing up with superheroes uh, is, is still, I mean, you could argue that, Oh my gosh, it's so juvenile and people shouldn't, you know, dwell on them for too long. But you know, as long as you're not overly dwelling, I think on the, um, the overly darker damaged ones like we've had recently. I don't know if Deadpool is exactly like the best uh, role model. But uh, if you're looking at the classic superheroes, I think they can be nothing but good role models for kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Uh, we have moved on now to the plugging section of the podcast. So why don't you let uh, people know anything that you want to plug. Uh, it can be uh, Etsy, YouTube, uh, social media, anything you want. Uh, all right. So uh, I also have a couple other podcasts that I do on my own. I have a Star Trek podcast called Trek to Trek. Awesome. You can find that on iTunes or Facebook, just Trek to Trek. Uh, I do a costume podcast called Costume Station Zero, where I talk to cosplayers and also sometimes talk Doctor Who. That's simply CostumeStationZero.com or find it on iTunes. Uh, my Etsy shop, if you're interested in any costuming things, whether it's Doctor Who stuff or even if you just want to talk to me about, hey, I have, a, I have this, I don't know, vintage shirt. I want to have replicated. Yeah, you can find me on Replica Wardrobe on Etsy. Um, and then Idiot's Lantern, if you want to see any of the Idiot's Lantern clips, uh, go to YouTube and you can search for Idiot's Lantern uh, Comedy. Uh, you can also go to Instagram at Idiot's uh, underscore Lantern. And on Facebook, we're also Idiot's Lantern Comedy. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then are, do you have much of a personal presence on social media? 
Uh, my own personal, uh, so I'm sorry, social media personal presence would just simply uh, be uh, uh, Bob. Yeah, I think it's just Bob Mitch or Bob, Bob underscore Mitch. Bob underscore Mitch. Okay, awesome. Uh, here's some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions. Don't have anything to do with the main topic, but uh, they can if you want. <laughs> okay. uh, in fact, this one uh, might actually relate to the main topic. If you could fly, but you had to hold an object in your hand to do it, what would you want to be holding? Oh wow! And not not my change of clothes. <laughs> that's, that's my instant image. It's, it's my change of clothes. Uh, I accept that as an answer. I think that's uh, it's, it's <laughs> such uh, a nice practical answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's very Ralph Hinckley, but I want to go with it. Your change of clothes. So when you imagine yourself flying, are you wearing flying clothes? Of course. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. <laughs> of course, I'm wearing flying clothes. <laughs> Boy, that is silly. If like I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt, but I gotta have my other jeans and a t-shirt ready to go. Where's this guy flying to that he needs a change of clothes? Is he going to the gym? Where's that guy going? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, well, your flying suit. Do you just imagine like if you fly, of of course you have a cape. Of course I have a cape. I know. I know the Incredible says you shouldn't have a cape, but I I'm having a cape. Yeah. I don't care. God, yeah. you know how empowering it is to wear a cape. Oh, it's it's uh, beautiful. I've had a for my sketch. Uh, I did many many years ago. Mm-hmm. I have a cape that's lived with me <laughs> for a long time. I love that cape. All right. It's powerful. Uh, next question, because I know you're a big Doctor Who fan. I yes. wanted to ask a Doctor Who question. Sure. If you could regenerate like the Doctor. What might you want your new body to be like? In a lot better shape than the one I'm in now. God, could you imagine if you had that kind of control? Boy, forget plastic surgery, man. You're talking a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the easy fix. I would just, I would literally be about 20 pounds lighter and uh, <laughs> uh, have a little, or, or just replace said fat with muscle mass. That'd be nice. And then, uh, I don't, you know what? I don't, but I don't need to be like taller. I don't, I've never needed to yeah. feel like, I got to be taller. I got to be, I don't know, hairier or something. I've never yeah. had that other desire yeah it's most that yeah and 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 also like if you can really dig deep and when i say deep i mean literally like i could like make sure oh like if i have any built up uh, cholesterol just (laughs) zap that while i'm at it okay so you would hope to just be more healthy yes uh but if it was the experience that the doctor seems to have on on many of their regenerations where it's just uh luck of the draw uh, luck of the draw or in you know more more modern takes of like something might have been on their mind that affected oh okay yeah, uh, sure mm-hmm. from either perspective mm-hmm. uh because I, I think your first answer of uh, well i'd clean, <laughs> clean up <laughs> get healthy and fit is a yes. great answer but i'm curious if it was like yeah i don't know what it's going to be it's going to be luck of draw or some deep suggestion from my own mind what would you what would make you happy if you you regenerated you, energy shot from every cell of your body things hmm. exploded around you and you looked in the mirror what would you be happy to see um hmm um i i i have a pretty healthy uh sense of self-esteem so i'm not like <laughs> there's not it's not like oh man i've been cra- aside from health i'm not been craving like and i'm trying to think of, like if i suddenly i'm like if i suddenly went blonde i would not be happy with that uh, <laughs> that that's uh, I haven't asked anyone this question before like this, just at the end of Obsessed for like a fun thing. And I was so curious to see how, if people would be like, 
It's yeah. A, it is an interesting question. Um, you Be, know, because if you are, I think we all have things we worry worry about or wonder about or try to become uh, at peace with their body. But if you're, you get used to being you. You do get used to being you. I mean, there's as I say, they're more aesthetic kind of correction things but it's that would it would almost be like i just like to aesthetically correct things just with who i am <laughs> there is that idea of like oh man it'd be great if suddenly you know you looked like hugh jackman or brad pitt or something um that's nice but i ultimately realized i think that could create real problems uh because you're you're so used to being especially at like my age now maybe if i was like 18 i could deal with it better but like when you've been yourself for so long, the idea wow, imagine me even being the doctor and dealing with this because you've yeah. lived with it for hundreds of years and then suddenly you change bodies. Um there could be a really bad disassociation, I think, that could happen yeah. with your identity at that point. Like you'd have fun with it at first, but then there's a part of your brain that's gonna mentally still think you're you're you, the you you used to be. Yeah. And then every time you see yourself in the mirror, like, oh crap, no, I look like that now. Uh, whether it's better or worse, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but it sounds like your mind has always been in a thoughtful place about oh, this of what would it truly be to be someone different but still you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is like the super compelling thing about the Doctor. It is, it is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't think of anything instantaneous. Like, yeah, it's not like, oh, I would just... I don't know. I'd love to have a bigger nose. Like, not, not, I can't think of anything. I'm going to be going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even really think about it, but this is also a little bit of a Shazam question because he kind of changes That's true. into a different body type. Yeah, very true. Yeah. The and idea, especially to, with the new take, yes. Yeah, and he gets to just Shazam back uh, to yeah. himself. I'm sure the doctor is probably a little jealous of Shazam of like, it would probably... <laughs> I feel like some versions of the doctor would be like, wouldn't it be great to just toggle back and forth between different versions of me <laughs> anytime, anytime they wanted? He just says, doctor, pow, and he can turn back. And then if he says it like in different intonations or number of times, he can kind of Rolodex his way around to his different bodies. That'd be funny. Uh, yeah. Did you ever, uh, did in your research, did you read up about how uh, the, the British Shazam, who became Marvel Man, which then became Miracle Man, uh, how Alan Moore approached doing the yes, character? Yes, I, I read just like the brief synopsis on uh, on Wikipedia of that oh. tangled web. If you, if you like Alan Moore's stuff, like, you know, Watchmen and all that, I highly recommend reading it. It's, I mean, it's dark, but I mean, if you want dark Shazam, that's dark. <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. And um, the coolest thing is the equivalent of uh, Captain Marvel Jr. Uh, in that version called Kid Miracle Man. He goes bad and he's a kid and he just decides to stay Kid Miracle Man. Oh, so it wow. means he grows up with superpowers and never turns back to his normal self. Oh, wow. And I thought, so that's because let's face it, if you could have powers, there are some people that would never go back to being Billy Batson. They would just stay Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. That's an important part of the story of, like, of Billy Batson's life has to be pretty good for him to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll stop being entirely yeah. magically invulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go back to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, basically. you got. Yeah. But I think the duality part is always part of the appeal, too, because, again, it's that wish fulfillment. It's that idea of Clark Kent can take the glasses off, and he's Superman. But if he's Superman all the time, in my opinion, he does become less interesting but yet alan moore did take it realistically going but there's so much to do in the world there is a point where even the miracle man forget the villain later in the story way late decides essentially to quote kill his alter ego yeah and keep him away like put him to bed and now he's just going to be miracle man so he can get everything done he has to get done to fix the world yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense to me yeah. because i think sometimes the least realistic thing in all of the absurdity of superheroes is just time management 
Yeah, like, yeah, especially with a secret get, identity. Yeah, I'm going to get all this done. Right, yeah. right, yeah, totally. <laughs> the final question for everyone on the podcast is: What is happiness? It sounds like a light <laughs> question, but it's very heavy. Um, honestly, I mean, a lot of people might try to say it's you know um, to do with uh, you know health and wealth and all that thing, but I think it. Uh, I think it comes down to personal growth and personal satisfaction with what you are doing and who you believe you are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. By who you believe you are, do you mean like um, holding an idea of who you are and then seeing yourself actually fulfill that? Live up to it? Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I know there's technically, what is it? The, uh, the idea of uh, the, the, the goal, the assertion of who you want to be, who you believe you are now versus all, also who others perceive you to be. Yeah. Uh, and ideally, you want to bring all three into a target focus um, and, and be all at once. Uh, I think if one can do that, and it's a, it's a you know, it's a, I guess, a version of you. I hate to call it that. But we all grow and change over time. I don't yeah. know if we're ever truly the same age to age per se. But um, I think if you can do that and you are doing what you love and not struggling, you know, with your monetary stuff, I think that unfortunately is in the modern world a component. You can't fully get away from that. But I think if you have that, that to me, in my experience, has been where happiness, true happiness, when I think of like the glow in the chest happiness. Yeah. That's where that occurs. When you just have like you have your needs met. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that, and you can just kind of focus on you. Uh, yes, it's it still ultimately comes down to you. It's not about, uh, you know, oh my gosh, have you done some amazing thing in your career? Those are nice. Those achievements are nice. But I think at the end of the day, it has to do with, sure, maybe you made uh, a certain title or a certain amount of money doing something, but did it satisfy your inner sense of self? Yeah. And I think some people are chasing that brass ring too much and they need to focus more on what, and, and a lot of that to me really comes down to relationships with people, your, your family, but I would even say also your friends and how you, it, it should be a give and take how you are helping them and how in turn they are helping you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a great uh, superhero message yeah. to end the podcast on. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I love it, man. Anytime. Awesome. That is our podcast. Excellent. Shazam! You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Snickerdoodle!